you. I want you to turn again in the auditorium to Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Not the first time we've used this reference in this series of one another. So far in the series, we've studied two different messages. One, accepting one another. We ought to absolutely accept one another. Christ accepts us, so we ought to accept us. Doesn't matter race, nationality, uh, doesn't matter uh, about our social or economic situation. We ought to be accepting of each other. Secondly, we ought to honor one another, which if you recall last week, we talked about putting others in front of ourselves, purposely putting others in front of ourselves. Today, we're going to talk about being devoted one to another and reference uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 10 again. It says, in the King James, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. The word affectioned, past tense, is is not a a word that we use a lot in, in today's language. It means be kindly affectionate and loving and devoted to each other. So let's talk about the family first of all. This is sometimes used of criminal types who are closely related in crime. They're also called the mafia. <laughs> now, in, I, I grew up in the South Chicago area, so uh, there were actually two locations where we lived where Al Capone, you remember that name? He, he's a preacher back in Chicago back in the day. No, he wasn't. He was, he was a mafia member, uh, one, of the, one of the gang, one of the first uh, gangsters in Chicago area who uh, he would go around uh, throwing silver dollars to the people in the communities and that would earn them or earn him their favor, but uh, he did a lot of other things that weren't so good. And he had two places within uh, 10 or 15 minutes of where I lived uh, at that point. He was, he was already in jail at that point, but uh, you're familiar with that kind of... I'm not referring to that kind of a family today. When we think of family, I think first and foremost, I think of my wife, I think of my children, I think of my grandchildren, I think of my mom and my dad, who I miss very much, I think of my brother and my sister, and that's the kind of family I think about. And that family unit is still... God's building block of society. As go the families, so goes the nation. So it's important that we keep families uh, scriptural, biblical, and, and exactly what God intended. One man, one woman, the children, and so on. That's very, very important. Building block of society. But there is another family. Another family in our society, and it's special to me, and it should be very special to you. And that would be the church family. This body of born-again believers united in a single purpose to serve and worship and, and to, to uh, glorify the Lord Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and God as our Father, our church family. And, and this term, church family, when referred to the church, ought to add an element of warmth and a sense of belonging. Uh, you ought to feel like you really belong and, and thoughts of safe. Talk about a safe place. Church ought to be a safe place and a welcoming place. That's why we got to be friendly. It's easy to come here uh, when we meet together and get with our real close friends and kind of chat it up and have a good... It's real easy to do that and let people who walk in for the first time kind of to themselves. But I want to encourage you, don't do that. Uh, Don't do that. If you've ever visited... I visited many churches. We go on vacation. I visit churches. And sometimes you walk into a church and people will kind of look at you. Martha, who's that over there? I don't know, never seen them before. They look like they're from California. I don't know. 
And, 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 and you feel kind of like, you know, the eyes are looking at you and you, you don't know exactly what to do. And uh, you be a, an ambassador of one. If you see somebody you don't know, go up and introduce yourself to them and say hi to them. Make them feel welcome. Our VIP people do a great job. And, and I think Dan could probably use some more people to sign up. So if you're looking for a place to serve, that's one place. Dan, wave your hand right there. He'd be glad to talk to you. Or you can use one of those connection cards that said, sign me up. For VIP, contact me. Put your phone number down. Make people feel welcome. It's very, first impressions are very, very important. So a welcoming place, there ought to be a place of tenderness, of concern, of loyalty, emotional attachment, uh, and devotion. Even so, more, even more so for you military families who come from wherever, back in the Midwest or the East Coast or the South, and you come here and your, your family units, your moms and dads and all those family members are a long ways away. When Pat and I moved out to California, there was, she always said there's two places she didn't want to go, North Dakota and California. <laughs> and boy, howdy, does God have a sense of humor, right? So here we are. And, uh, and you know what? Uh, it, it was so different from our culture, from what, where we'd been brought up and so on. And, and we were out here without any uh, family units, without our, our natural family. But you know what? God gave us a family with church people who loved us and accepted us and cared for us. And we were able to do the same uh, for others who came in. So it's very important to find a church family. If the word body, uh, when used of the church, refers to the physical makeup. You remember when Paul talked about we're all members of one body, uh, the eyes, the ears, the nose, the feet, and so on. All, all of us have different functions, like all of the different members of our physical body have different functions. If that's, that, if that's true, then family is the emotional and spiritual makeup uh, 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 that's so important to us. Our natural family is the first one we know. When we're brought home from the hospital or if we're born at home, uh, first one we know is our mom and our dad, and they say that, these, that, that children inside the womb can hear the voices and recognize the voices of their parents uh, even just a short time after they're born. And that's an amazing thing to me. That's the first family we know about, but God doesn't want you just to have a natural family. He wants you to have a church family. Now, how many have heard someone say, well, I just don't care for organized religion? How many have heard someone say that? I said, well, you'll be happy here because we're not that organized. So just come ahead. We, we have a good time. We love the Lord. We love people. And that's what we should be all about. It should be very, very sweet. Uh, what is, and before we go any further, I want to ask you a very probing question, a very honest question. What is your natural family really like? Is it a loving, peaceful, safe place? When I say family, and we're thinking of the natural family, do you have warm, fuzzy feelings? Or was it a place of hurt? Because unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of people grew up in homes where they were hurt constantly. Is it a place of rejection where you felt like you just weren't important to to your family at all. You didn't belong. Somehow you felt like you must have been adopted into the family because it's just not, it doesn't seem to click. Was it a place of abuse? And my heart goes out to those who have been abused 
in their homes with the primary people who were supposed to watch out for you, protect you, bless you, be there for you all the time. And to have those very people be abusive of you is, is psychologically, emotionally, spiritually damaging beyond our ability to understand. Was your home a place of continual conflict? Was it or is it? God help us not to have uh, that kind of a home. You who are parents who have young children in the home, uh, there, there are sometimes when you have to work things out. There's sometimes when you have to talk things over. But don't let them become arguments. Don't let them become explosive. Don't, don't get angry, guys, and just run out of the room, slam the door, get in the car, peel out of the driveway. Don't, don't do that. You're teaching your children how not to handle difficult situations by your poor actions, just like you can teach them how to handle situations with good actions. So, so I, I don't know what your family background, I will tell you this, that if you came from an abusive household, if, if you came from a place where there was a lot of fighting and uh, drinking and drugs, maybe an immorality and all kinds of different things, uh, there's a better home, there's a better model for your home, and that ought to be God's home, God's family, God's choice, uh, and, and God's chosen people. So, uh, so when we think about family, that's what I'm talking about. So here it says... Uh, brotherly love in Romans 12.10. The, the idea to love each other, be devoted to each other with a brotherly love is the Greek word Philadelphia. You probably know that. Philadelphia has been used as the name of one of our cities, of course, in Pennsylvania, uh, and it means love of a brother. Part of that term, the, uh, the Adelphos, uh, means brothers, and it's used in the Word of God 230 times in the New Testament, beginning in the book of Acts. So as you guys study in the adult class, the book of Acts, you're going to come across uh, the Greek word, Adelphos, which will be translated brothers uh, many, many times, 230 times if you go through the entire book of Acts. It means literally from the same womb. Uh, how many of you know some twins somewhere? <clears throat> All right. We, we've got some good friends <clears throat> who had twins. <clears throat> and we thought that was, we grew up, we always thought that was so, wouldn't that be incredible to have twins? And they had this 18-month-old girl, and then they had twin boys. And we figured out real quick, thank you, Lord, for giving us one at a time. <laughs> I mean, it was, just, it was just a really tough time for them. But from the same womb, they were literally from the same womb, of course. And, and brothers are from the same womb. Now, when I first started going to a church that... Uh, was kind of an old-fashioned gospel preaching, hell is hot, and eternity's forever type church. And they got up and started talking. They'd call you brother and say, I'm like, brother, I don't even know you. You know, what do you call me brother for? And, and I went from that to I'd call people brothers and sisters all the time because we're of the same spiritual womb. We were conceived of by the Holy Spirit of God, and we were born again. Just as we were born physically, we were born spiritually by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So we're from the same womb, and we have the same heritage, and we're adopted. Not only are we born into his family, we're adopted into his family. Another family reference is found in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. 
So there's that lineage again. There's that kindred, that family, the, the same, having the same progenitors or, or, or origin or ancestry. Uh, God is our father by virtue of the new birth. Jesus is my brother by virtue of the new birth. We're of common origin. We come from the work of God that he has performed. So this point, number three, be kindly affectioned or devoted. What does that mean? That means to love tenderly. That means I'm to love you tenderly. We're to love each other tenderly. We're to, we're to be devoted to. We're to have that, that the, the kind of a, if you had a good home and you were brothers, you took care of each other. And if you had a younger brother, you would fight his battles sometime. You would come to his side. You would come to his rescue. You have that camaraderie in the military. I understand. It's coming together. Well, let me tell you something. The church of Jesus Christ is made up. It's a warfare, folks. And we are soldiers of Jesus Christ. Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. We're, we're to be like good soldiers, the Bible says. So, so we have this camaraderie, this love for each other, this, this tender love. And, and we're to be sensitive to each other's needs, to care about. I read about, <clears throat> I, I read this week somewhere about um, who, a person who received some, some um, meritorious awards in the military who on multiple occasions uh, risked being shot himself, exposed to enemy gunfire to rescue comrades who had been wounded and were not able under their own power to get back to their command. So uh, he, he, would, he would make himself a target going to rescue these people. And, and this is the way, that's what family does for each other, folks. Uh, we are, we're not to slander each other. And I'm not preaching them because we're, somebody's been slandering. I, I don't know of anything. If you have been, just smile. I won't know that you're guilty of it. But, uh, but it, we're, that's not what Christians are to do. We're not to gossip about each other. We're, we're, to, we're not to look down on other church people and other church family for any reason. In fact, we're to look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. I have a responsibility to be watching out for you. I have a responsibility to spiritually protect you, to physically protect you if necessary. I, I, I take that seriously, according to Philippians 2, 4. We're to be like Christ who came not for himself. He came to seek and to save the lost. He came to be your substitute and mine because every one of us were under the sentence of death. We were condemned to die, not just a physical death, but an eternal death because of our sins. Our sins separated us from God the Father. And yet Jesus came, fulfilled the entire law, was never guilty of violating one single commandment. And because of that, he died a sacrificial death. He was able to die for you and for me. If he had one sin of his own, he couldn't have been the perfect spotless lamb of Almighty God. But he had no sins. Zero sins. And so he laid his life down for us. He, he served first. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He laid his life down. He rose again. He gave up all of his bit of it. He left heaven to come down to a sin-cursed earth to do all of that for you, you and for me. Amen. I think of Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. I think of how they had a 
love for each other. They became blood brothers. I, I, I think back to the old Westerns back in the 50s, and, and I, I think about when, uh, when a, a, a white guy and a, and, a, and a Native American, which they used to call Indians, um, would, would befriend each other, and they would, they would take out their knife, and they would cut their palms, and they would hold them together, and now they're blood brothers. We're blood brothers. Don't cut me. But we're blood brothers and sisters in Christ, just like Huck Sawyer, just like, I mean, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, just, just like the cowboys and Indians of the, in those old westerns. Just like I, taught, I, I, have, I have three children. I had a, uh, my first child was a girl. Five years later, we had another girl. And then a couple years, two, three years after that, we had uh, a boy. And so he's the baby, but uh, there was a certain point, even when he was smaller than they were, I began teaching him to take care of his sisters. If he needed to take care of business, take care of it. Uh, it's like Grant taking care of, of Olivia. I'm sure he does that. And, and uh, uh, Olivia's, don't roll your eyes, Olivia. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he does. Big brothers ought to take care of them, amen? And, and, and so my, my son took care. He watched out for his sisters, and he protected their reputation and the well-being of each of them. You know why? Because he was blood relative, because he cared about them, because he knew it was right, and it was his responsibility. Just as I'm very particular, I got this weird thing when I go into restaurants of where I sit so that I can watch the doors, so I know where the exits are. So that I can get my wife out if I need to, or at least make it possible for her to get out. And I do that because, I don't know how many years ago now, San Ysidro, the McDonald's down there, when a guy walked in and began shooting adults, children, babies, just shooting everybody for no reason. And if there's any way possible, I will get that lady right there out of that restaurant. I'll make sure she gets out because I think it's the right thing to do because I love her and I care about her. So we are family. I will go to bat for you. I will fight for you. I don't understand preachers who ping on their own people. I, and, I, and every once in a while I've heard that through the years. Gripe and, con, and you know, just complain about. And, and this is like, this is my family. You don't gripe about family. You don't complain about family. You don't, you don't do that. So how do, we, how do we become kindly affectionate one to another? First of all and foremost, first of all, look, when Jesus says something, when God the Father says something through the inspired prophets, the word of God that is immutable, the word of God that is fixed eternally, the word of God that is, that is supernaturally inspired as sailboats move along on the ocean by the power of the wind blowing into the sails, so the authors of the different books of the Bible wrote down exactly what the Father wanted them to write down. They were not automatic, they were not computers, they were not devoid of personality, they had their own vocabularies, they had their own way of phrasing things, but God used those authors, some, uh, some over 18 to 
to, to 2,000 years uh, of, of worth of, of writing supernaturally uh, the Word of God, the Old Testament and the New Testament, and, and they, were, they were moved along and wrote exactly what God, so, what God said. So when we read what God says here, it's not just what Paul says. It's not just what John says. It's not just what Isaiah or Jeremiah says or Moses said. It is what God says. And I don't know about you, but I think when God, who created the heavens and the earth, says to do something, I kind of think we ought to do it. I kind of think we should. So no one understand the clear commands of the Word of God. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9, as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. We're to cherish each other. We are commanded to love each other. By the way, every once in a while in, in counseling, Husbands and wives through the years, unfortunately, every once in a while, I have a couple sit there, and one or the other of them will say, well, I just don't love her anymore. I don't love him anymore. I invariably say this, what other sins do you have in your life? Because what God commands us to do, he enables us to do. And loving your spouse is something you choose to do or you choose not to do. It's just that simple. I mean, I'm just a... It's just not that complicated. You either choose to love them or you don't. You're commanded to, so God would not command you to if you were not able to. And God is commanding here to love your brothers in Christ. In Hebrews 13, 1, let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember that them that are in bonds, those that are in prison, as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity, those who are going through all kinds of crises, physically, spiritually, emotionally, however, as being yourselves also in the body. 1 Peter 1, 22, seeing that you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto, listen to this, unfeigned love of the brethren. What does that mean? Not a pretending love, not one like, hi, how are you today? It's so good to see you. And you walk away, man, I can't stand that person. That's hypocrisy. Unfeigned love of brothers. See that you love one another with a pure heart. It didn't stop there with a pure heart fervently. Fervently. 1 Peter 3, 8, Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brothers. Be ye pitiful. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing uh, that you are thereunto called, that you should inherit a blessing. And then once again in 2 Peter 1, 7, and add, there's a, there's a string of things that, that, that kind of you build line upon line, precept upon precept as you grow in the Lord. And, and in verse 7 it says, Add to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity, which is love. So God says, love each other in these ways. So evaluate our attitude. Let's evaluate our attitudes and our actions toward other members of the family of God. Do we rejoice with those who rejoice? Are we happy for those who are blessed and in a good season of life? How many know, I mean, everybody knows, there are going to be mountains and valleys in everybody's life. There are going to be high points. There are going to be low points. There are going to be times when you're on top of the world and everything's wonderful. There will be times when you're down here. went fishing one time with a, a friend, and we went out on the ocean, and about half the time I get a little nauseous. 
The other half I get real nauseous. Uh, so, so we were out there fishing, and, and one minute you'd be on top. It seemed like you were on top of a mountain of water, and the next moment you're down in a valley of water, and the next moment you're back on top. The next moment I was in the hole trying to keep from losing my breakfast and uh, stayed there until they said, we got it, we got one, we got a big eye hooked, uh, come up here. So I went up there, they put the rod and reel in my hand, reeled them in, looked at him, that eye looked at me, I went back down in the middle of the, in, in the, middle of the boat. There are going to be mountains and valleys. And by the way, the mountains wouldn't be nearly so much fun if we didn't have the valleys to compare them to. We oftentimes don't know what we have until we lose it, isn't that right? I read something today by a preacher friend of mine and said, don't trade away your todays for what you want for tomorrow. Don't trade away today for what you want for tomorrow. This is all we have today, right now, this moment. So rejoice with those who are rejoicing. There will be a time when you'll mourn with those who mourn. And there may not be anything you can say to make it right. One of the frustrating things about pastoring is not being able to fix everything. I love fixing stuff. <laughs> I got so excited. Gary, I know you like watches. I found, I, 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 anytime we go anywhere, I look for old watches I can fix up. So I found a, an old Bulova Atutron. Wasn't working. It was in a thrift store for $1.99. It was dirty. It was nasty. It was messed up. wasn't working. <clears throat> so I, I bought it, took it to the room, began, I, I take watch tools with me when I go somewhere, and I began cleaning it up and fixing it up and, and, and polishing the case, and, <clears throat> and I went and got a 1.5-volt battery and put it in there, and, and it was running way fast. I'd open it up, adjust it, still was running way fast. Found out you're supposed to have 1.35-volt battery. They're not very plentiful, so I got a 1.35-volt battery. I'm boring you all to tears right now, but I'm having a fun time right? reliving this. Put that in there. Things running like clockwork. Railroad-approved Bulova Accutron, the most accurate watch ever in 1960. And I'm, like, loving it, and it's incredible because I was able to fix something. And so I want to fix people. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can't. There's no fix. There's just getting through something. And it bothers me that we can't fix it. But, but you rejoice with them who rejoice. You mourn with them who mourn. Why? Because you love them. You empathize. You feel for them. Because you care. If you don't love, you don't ever feel. They say sociopaths. I, I used to work with some of them. I, they were the patients in the hospital. I don't mean, and not on church staff, okay? It, but in a hospital I worked in, going to Bible college, I, there were sociopaths who would come in. I mean, they were, they were ruthless and seemed to show no emotion whatsoever, calloused over completely, no ability to feel. You start out playing the guitar, and, and your fingers are sore, and they get blisters, but after a while, if you keep on playing, you get calluses, and after a while, you don't even feel the strings. It's okay for your fingers to get that way. It's not okay for your heart to get that way. Not okay for your mind to get that way. Rejoice with them, rejoice, mourn with them who mourn. Get involved with people. Make yourself be involved with people. Overcome fear of rejection. Sometimes we don't 
display love because we're afraid of being rejected, uh, past bad experiences, things didn't work out, anger and resentment, unselfishness. I mean, do what God's told us to do, folks. Some of you, I know, I know some, I know personally some of you have come from abusive situations. I know some of you live in abusive situations. I want you to know that you are loved here. You are safe here. So if you really, you got to make yourself get out there on the end of the limb, huh? Just do it because it's the right thing to do. Love each other. We had, we had a, a couple of sisters that were incredibly good at singing and harmonizing and, and wrote songs. And one of, the girl, one of the ladies wrote this song, and they used to sing it a lot. I'm just going to say the words because if I sang it, we would clear the building out in short order. So uh, I'm not going to sing it, but I'm going to read the words. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by the blood. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel the sod, for I'm part of the family, the family of God. You will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family and these folks are dear. When one has a heartache, we all share the tears and rejoice in each victory in his family so dear. What I've been talking about, encapsulated in that song, brother and sister, rejoice with them, rejoice. Share a tear with those who, who, are, who are having problems. Victory, be glad for them. Join heirs with Jesus, a part of the family of God. From the door of an orphanage to the house of the king, no longer an outcast, a new song I sing. From rags to riches, from the weak to the strong, I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God I belong. I'm not worthy to be here, but praise God, I belong. And you've allowed me to be here. And we've allowed you, and we are a family of God. So let me ask you something. Do you value other church members? Let me ask you something even more important than that. Are you part of God's eternal family. How do you get to be part of God's eternal family? By placing your faith in that finished work of Jesus Christ. Your pistuo, the faith, confidence, you came in, more than likely, you just sat down on the chair. I, I, I would imagine, I, I don't know that anybody uh, walked up to a chair and said, let's see, uh, okay, I don't know, it's red. Uh, I've talked to the preacher's wife about that. So, uh, well, maybe I'll, I don't know. Nobody did that. Nobody did that. You came in and you sat down. That's what you got to do. You got to surrender all to the Lord Jesus Christ and say, you know what, God? I'm going to trust you. I'm yours forevermore. I'm yours. Save me. Forgive me of my sins. He's promised to do that very thing. Are you kindly affectioned one to another? Last question, are you part of this local family of God? I am. You say, you're the preacher. You know what? After I was voted to become, I became a member of this church. I joined this church. If you're not a member of a church that preaches the gospel and loves on people and is a safe, affectionate place to be, we invite you to consider becoming part of First Baptist Church. Let's bow our heads together.
Thank you, Father, for showing us what a family is supposed to be and what a family is supposed to do. Thank you, Lord, for what your son did for us. And thank you for the idea, the incredibly ingenious idea of having a family, a spiritual family. Quite frankly, a family where we can grow closer to each other than sometimes even our natural families for a variety of reasons. So, Lord, I pray you'd bless each person here. and May we take an inventory of where we stand with you and are we part of your eternal family? That's the most important question. If there's anyone here who's not sure that upon your death you would be in heaven, but you would like to know that, you would like to have your sins forgiven, you'd like to get out from under the guilt and the shame and the defeat of sin in your life, you want to turn around, you want to completely repent of all of that and trust Christ, then would you trust Him right now? How do you do that? Well, you could, you could just say something like this and mean it with all your heart. Father, forgive me of my sins. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I don't even deserve to be able to be in this church. But forgive me of my sins. I believe you died on the cross to pay the price for them. I believe you rose again. I'm going to trust you right now. The best I know how. God, please be my God. Jesus, be my Savior. And if you just prayed that prayer right now, with every head bowed, if you just prayed something like that right now, it's not a magic formula again. It's just an intention of your heart. As the Holy Spirit draws you and leads you of forsaking sin and turning to Him. If you just did that right now, would you raise your hand up with every head bowed? Hold it up real high. I just did that, preacher, right now, and I meant it with all my heart. God bless you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Anyone else? Anyone else? Father, bless us. God, help us to treat each other the way that we should. Members of the same family, from the same womb, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me, please? Those who raised their hand, those who prayed that prayer, whether you raised your hand or not, on the back table, right by the sound booth, there's some blue plastic bags, and they have some information in there. You can feel free to take those. Please do. It'll show you what your next step is, show you what else you need to do. But for a moment right now, Rachel's going to be right over here. My wife's right over here. Ladies, if you need to talk to a lady, a godly lady who loves the Lord, will help you any way they possibly can as a sister in Christ, then these two ladies, uh, there are others as well, these two ladies would be great. Come ahead and this invitation and do that. Fitz is down here for the men and, uh, and Dan right back here for the guys uh, in the back. So brothers in Christ, willing to do whatever needs to be done. Whatever it is, God leading you to be a member. God wants you to get saved. God wants you to get baptized. I'd love to be able to get this baptistry cranked up again before the end of the year. So whatever it is God wants you to do, as we sing, would you come?
Another verse. One more verse. much. Leadership team nominees are open or nominations are open right now. On the back table there's a form you can use. On the basis of uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, we use that. I know that has to do with uh, pastors and then right after that deacons, but use those as kind of a, a, a framework for determining someone that you believe would be a great spiritual uh, leader to serve on the leadership team. Uh, nominations are open right now. Halloween candy, if you see that, that's for our Halloween outreach, which uh, some of you, if you're visiting, think, wait a minute, church, I thought that was like, you know, Halloween's like evil and bad, and we're, we're reclaiming it. We're recapturing it for Christ. We're taking it away from the devil, and we're passing out Bibles and giving hot dogs and, uh, and, and just feeding people and, and loving on them uh, as an outreach for our community. So I think 800 hot dogs we gave last year, 800... So we ordered 900 hot dogs by faith, all right? So that'll be, and, and if you can help out, please let Julie know or uh, the Joys know or uh, who's in charge of it even? Uh, Kathy Joy, yeah, let her know, all right? Uh, Friday, uh, Friday, ladies' Bible study here. Uh, Joy takes care of that. Be at 10 a.m., you're invited. Next Sunday, serving one another is the theme, and I'm I love this one. This one lights me up. I, serving one another. I mean, just looking for ways to minister to each other. To me, it's one of the greatest privileges we have. October 21st, Ronald McDonald? Okay, Ronald McDonald House, October 21st. Be praying for Johnny. Had a little uh, incident this last week. We'll be seeing some doctors uh, this week. So uh, pray for the Wong family, for, uh, in particular for Johnny and for his doctors to have wisdom. And I mentioned we're going to be ordering more chairs just because... Look, uh, you know, we need them. So there are some down front, uh, but I know you Baptists have this thing where you break out in a rash if you sit down too close to the front. I understand that. Uh, but anywho, we're going to order some more. So uh, if you want to help out with that, I say it's about $65 a chair roughly. So uh, we would love to have you do that. All right. Um, Valerie, actually, David, who has Valerie's name tag on, would you mind dismissing us in a word of prayer today? All right.